KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. San Diego County health officials reported 1,066 new COVID-19 infections yesterday with nine new community outbreaks and no new deaths. Some California counties announced more restrictions on Saturday with the hope of forestalling a hospital crisis. San Francisco is joining a statewide curfew and Silicon Valley is banning all high school, collegiate and professional sports. They're also imposing a quarantine for those traveling into the region from more than 150 miles away. Meanwhile, top infectious disease expert Dr. Anthony Fauci says the U.S. may see, quote, a surge upon a surge of coronavirus in the weeks after Thanksgiving. He spoke on Sunday. He also says he does not expect current public health orders about social distancing to be relaxed before Christmas. Though retailers have taken a hit during the pandemic, many are still doing Cyber Monday. In fact, the National Retail Federation expects holiday sales to be better than last year, as many stores are hoping to attract most of their customers online. Some business experts say with the pandemic forcing people away from spending on traveling and concerts, they may be willing to spend more on gift giving. It's Monday, November 30th. This is San Diego News Matters from KPBS News. I'm Annika Colbert. Stay with me for more of the local news you need to start your day. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The pandemic has led to millions of unemployment claims across the state, but the system in California is vulnerable. Unemployment payments here are made through Bank of America debit cards, and there is now a massive backlog of fraudulent claims under investigation. But as KPBS reporter Max Revlin-Nadler tells us, those efforts have ensnared San Diego residents with legitimate unemployment claims, leaving many of them fighting for their benefits for months. Gary Hito immigrated to San Diego from Ethiopia 20 years ago. For the past 16 years, he's been a shuttle driver at the San Diego airport. When the pandemic hit in March, thousands of flights were canceled, and Hito was soon furloughed. They, they said if the situation come back, they will hire me again. Hito was able to get unemployment a month after that. For a household including his wife and four school-aged children, the money from unemployment was huge. For rent, for family. I have a big family. But in the middle of October, his account was almost zeroed out. $4,200 were gone. 
When I went there to take my money for rent, I don't see the money. He's been fighting to get his money back ever since. When I call, they said they will send me another card. After they send me another card, the situation is the same. Again, I try to call to explain to them. They transferred to me for about three people. I wait about one hour and 15 minutes, then they hung up. Despite call after call to Bank of America, he's been unable to get the process even started. California is one of only three states in the country that doesn't directly deposit unemployment insurance payments to people's bank accounts. Instead, it sends them debit cards from Bank of America. But the cards have proven susceptible to theft and skimming devices. And then there are fraudulent claims being made to the state's Employment Development Department, which administers the state's unemployment system and authorizes the amounts on the debit cards. Widespread fraud for a state with emptying coffers means the state has been cracking down on any accounts that look fraudulent. But working immigrants like Hito and laid-off house cleaner Rama Ibrahim, who's from Somalia, have found their accounts zeroed out as well. She said for the last three months she's been told by the bank to take up her case with the state, and vice versa. Navigating the various help numbers as well as a major bank and an overwhelmed state bureaucracy is difficult even for people with English as a first language. So Ibrahim and Hito depend on the work of the Somali Bantu Association of America. From its office on University Avenue in City Heights, Executive Director Saeed Abiyao has helped thousands of African immigrants navigate the state's social safety net. They don't speak any English. They were having difficult connecting the resources that are available for them. We, as the agency, we were trying to provide translation through WhatsApp. But even with Saeed's help, Gary Hito and Rama Ibrahim have still hit dead ends. Bank of America and the state didn't restore their accounts after countless attempts. Rancho Penasquitos resident Ian Mack is in the same boat. An independent contractor in the entertainment industry, he's spent the past two months trying to get his account with over $8,000 in it restored. He reads a letter he was sent. The claim has been closed because we believe the account of the account or the claim have been subject to fraud or suspicious activity. We're here to help. If you have any questions, please call us at... He even spent over five hours on hold one time. The people who, who have rent to pay, the people who have car, car payments to pay, as you say, the people who've got four or five kids and can't feed their, you know, not every day can you go to a food bank and there's, and there's food there. And why should they have to do that through no fault of their own? In a statement, a Bank of America spokesperson told KPBS that it is working with law enforcement to crack down on fraudulent claims, and that anyone with a legitimate claim impacted by these efforts should contact them immediately. But for a lot of people just trying to keep a roof over their head this holiday season, that task can not only be daunting, but near impossible. That was KPBS's Max Revlin Nadler. After KPBS contacted Bank of America about these claims, Ian Mack and Rama Ibrahim's funds were restored. And the bank says it began the process of working on Gary Hito's claim. On November 3rd, San Diego City voters overwhelmingly passed Measure B, which established a new and more robust police review commission. Starting today, the public will have a chance to weigh in on how that commission should operate. KPBS's Claire Tregesser reports. 
The commission will have independent oversight of the police department, including subpoena power and the freedom to conduct its own investigations into police shootings and other use of force incidents. But first, the San Diego City Council must draft and pass an ordinance that will lay out how the commission works, how many members it will have, and how those members will be chosen. Now it's up to the city council uh, to to write and pass an implementation ordinance that um, uh, that builds the commission in, in the spirit of that. Patrick Anderson, a member of the existing Community Review Board, will host the meetings. When the implementation ordinance rolls out, is the community proud of that ordinance? And does the community have faith that the commission that is um, put in place actually represents Measure B. Anderson invited representatives from more than 100 community groups to be part of the roundtable. The city will also live stream the discussion on its YouTube page Monday at 4 p.m. And any member of the community can email questions and comments to cppoutreachcommunity at gmail.com. That was KPBS investigative reporter Claire Tregesser. It's been a record-breaking year for wildfires in California. The full cost of the Valley Fire for San Diego East County residents who lost their homes is still being determined. iNews source reporter Camille Von Canel explains. When the Valley Fire started getting close to Eileen Menzies' home near Hamol in early September, the 78-year-old knew it was different. The other fires in the past, we've always had a fire engine in everybody's driveway. And uh, we've had our property protected, but like I said, it's never crested the hill before, and this time it crested the hill. So I figured this one was going to be pretty serious. Her home was one of 30 destroyed in the 16,000-acre fire. Now local and federal officials are negotiating who will pay for what. The costs are big, nearly $7 million. That includes damage to public property and a program to help clear debris. For residents, the to-do list is long. Figure out insurance, if they had it. Apply for federal aid. Get power and water restored. In Menzi's case, she spends her days sorting through the rubble. I'm basically the only one out here working to clear the land. You know, everybody's just kind of been in shock. Menzi's has insurance, but it may not be enough. For now, she and her neighbors are just trying to recover. That was iNews Source reporter Camille Von Canel. iNews Source is an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. Auditors from the State Department of Finance announced last week that the California Geologic Energy Management Division didn't follow their own rules with regards to oil exploration permits. In 2019, Hundreds of improper permits for new oil wells were issued. Holland Kretzman is an attorney for the Center for Biological Diversity. He says the permits are alarming as the governor recently made announcements about moving away from fossil fuels. Why are we issuing new permits and new injection projects to get more oil out of the ground? when we should be going the exact opposite direction. Because of the holidays, officials weren't available for comment, but a spokesperson said in an email that the agency will submit an action plan for how it will remedy the issues within 60 days. 
A letter released last week by the state agency that governs utilities says PG&E will be held accountable to fulfill its wildfire safety plans. CAP Radio's Ezra David Romero reports. The letter came from the president of the California Public Utilities Commission. She said the agency will pursue enhanced oversight, which could include a state takeover if PG&E doesn't live up to its wildfire safety commitments. Her staff is reviewing filings regarding deficiencies in vegetation management and record keeping. PG&E's equipment started a number of wildfires, including the 2018 campfire that killed 86 people. The company did not respond for comment by Friday, but told other news sources it's taking the feedback seriously. In Sacramento, I'm Ezra David Romero. Collective is the official Romanian entry for the Best Foreign Film Oscar. KPBS film critic Beth Accomando says it's rare for a documentary to be submitted in this category. But, she says, this is not your typical documentary. Collective begins with a fire that broke out in a Bucharest nightclub in 2015. But the fire that resulted in dozens of deaths is just the catalyst for a gripping documentary that plays out more like a thriller, or perhaps a Romanian All the President's Men. In the aftermath of the tragedy, a reporter discovers information exposing a seriously corrupt health system that was killing patients while rewarding many managers for turning a blind eye. In riveting detail, the film takes us from the initial tragedy to the optimism inspired by a persistent team of journalists and a well-intentioned health minister. But then it crushes our hopes as money and greed prove resistant to change. Make an effort to check this one out. That was KPBS film critic Beth Accomando. Collective is now streaming through Digital Gym Cinema. Coming up on the podcast... Taking a train from Los Angeles or North County to the San Diego Convention Center could be possible within five years. We'll have an interview from the head of transit in North County. That's next, just after this break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Within the next five years, it may be possible to ride a train from the North County to the San Diego Convention Center. It's part of a new plan to extend the coaster beyond the current terminus at the Santa Fe Depot. The so-called Lausanne Rail Corridor through Los Angeles and San Diego is the second busiest rail corridor in the country. If extended, people from L.A. or North County could buy a ticket to the Padres game or Comic-Con and arrive on the doorstep of those 
events by train. Tony Krantz is the chair of the North County Transit District. He spoke with KPBS Midday Edition co-host Allison St. John about the new plans. Here's that interview. So now there's actually a lot of uh, things happening at the railway line down the San Diego coastline, isn't there? The number of trains going up and down is expected to double. How often will trains run and how soon could that happen? Well, the Los Angeles Corridor has uh, been in in existence since the 1880s. And, and as it has evolved, there are currently three major uses of that corridor. One is freight. The other is inner city, which is our Pacific Surfliner uh, operated by uh, the state. And then finally, the line that the service that North County Transit District operates, which is the coaster running from Oceanside down into San Diego. And that is known as a commuter rail. And it will be, our goal is to have uh, service during peak hours, which is the morning and evening commute times of 30-minute headways. And then off-peak times would uh, have trains every running every hour. So we've recently purchased some new train sets and are getting new locomotives and refurbishing our existing coach cars so that we can provide this service. Uh, it had been planned pre-pandemic. And so we've had some changes uh, as we're working our way through the, the COVID-19 crisis. And um, it is our hope that as the vaccine is implemented throughout the county, that we'll see some more ridership increases and, and then we will increase the service levels. So you're saying they could be every half hour at peak times and every hour. Uh, other times, how soon could that happen? We have enough of the new locomotives to get started on the uh, improved service times, uh, but we do require two new train sets, which I believe are scheduled to be in uh, in 2022. Okay, so for people who say the ridership has dropped, especially during COVID and there's no need for this, how would you respond to that? Well, I would respond that it's the old proverbial chicken or egg argument, which which comes first. Um, I think having uh, the proper time schedule and headways is a critical part of attracting ridership. And uh, I do believe that there are people that are more than willing to ride the coaster service if it was a more dependable service in terms of uh, being able to uh, plan your day around a, a service that runs more frequently. So I am in the camp that says public transportation is a critical part of a, a region that is capable of moving people around it and improving the service is really important to me as well as I think everybody on the North County Transit District Board agrees that um, these are important improvements that we need to continue to work towards. Okay, so the plan is to extend it to the convention center. Right now it stops at the uh, historic Santa Fe Depot at the foot of Broadway. A lot of people in North County would like to see an extension to the airport, but the plan instead is to the convention center. Why is that? You know, as I mentioned, the, the rail line has been, uh, was built in the 1880s. Uh, you know, the old land grant history of uh, the essentially very good deals for the railroad men that were operating at the time. And what we're doing is we're taking, you know, we're using the existing corridor to expand our services. The reality is that there is currently no right of way to the airport for coaster trains. And so um, the ability to expand to the airport would be limited by the cost that it would 
would uh, be to acquire the right of way to operate over there. There is talk about running trolley service directly to the airport, but right now the shuttle services that uh, take passengers from the terminals to the rental car facility, I think is a excellent opportunity to extend that shuttle service to Old Town and uh, pick up coaster riders at Old Town so that uh, they could conveniently get to the airport by the shuttle service. Um, there is currently a MTS bus 992 that runs from the Santa Fe Depot over to the airport, and it is not a difficult ride. The challenge currently that we have with airport service by the coaster is that we don't have trains that run frequently enough, so it's really not very convenient to try and plan a trip to the airport by rail. Although that could change when the number of trains increase, of course. That is our goal, yes. So once we once we increase frequencies, we think there will be more people that will exercise the option to take public transit to the airport. And, you know, they may use 992, but I think, again, that that the possibility of extending the shuttle bus that serves the car rental facility would be even more attractive because it would allow people to get off the train at, at Old Town instead of continuing the ride, which is not a long ride. It's about five minutes further to go from Old Town to the Santa Fe Depot. But you, as you're traveling by train past the airport, it's a little frustrating if you're late for your flight or that sort of thing. So I just think it would be beneficial to be able to get off at Old Town and, and have the option of of taking a shuttle bus, which uh, those shuttle buses travel on the inside of airport property, so they're not fighting with traffic on Harbor Drive and that sort of thing. So it's, uh, I think, going to be a little bit more of an advantage. There is a trolley line currently running to the convention center. Why can't people just catch the trolley there? Well, I think that, you know, the uh, Santa Fe Depot is very busy, and most people riding public transit prefer to have a single seat to their destination. So, um, anybody considering a trip from North County down to the Gas Lamp or the Convention Center or to Petco Park for a Padres game or a concert is going to, you know, think twice probably before deciding to take the coaster because of the need to find that extra ride to get to those destinations. So once you eliminate the need for finding a second seat to get to your final destination, you will attract more riders. And there, the railroad is currently there. It's a pass-through for Burlington Northern Santa Fe freight trains that go as far south as uh, National City. So it's it's not like we're adding new track. It's like there will be an improvement of track. And the proposal is to put the platform basically is the only thing that's missing so that people can get on and off uh, the coaster trains. And that would be between First and Fifth Avenues and, and make riding the coaster from North County much more convenient. That was Tony Krantz, chair of the North County Transit District, speaking with KPBS Midday Edition co-host Allison St. John. That's it for our podcast today. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.